component of what it takes to be wise. Um, and so what we want to do this morning as we move uh, through our whole process of people who are wise, and we broke down some of the dynamics of it and we'll, we'll tip on it as we move and teach the congregation. There'll be some changes in how we think. Uh, I want you to prepare yourself. Because I, I think that what's happening is, um, as I talk to other pastors, what have you, people come to church and they don't have a concept of what really happens. And so I'm not going to give you some, some philosophical approach. We're going to go right into the word. We'll go word for word. And you will understand thoroughly this whole idea of being grown. <laughs> so I'm grown. Oh, oh are you? <laughs> uh, then the Bible says, here's how I describe. Here's what the Lord says about being grown. Well, let's open a word of prayer. Father God, how we thank you for this morning. I, th I thank you for your word and what it has to say to us. Thank you for our journey and understanding what it takes to be with, as far as wisdom is concerned. And you started that out, Lord, in, uh, in Proverbs 1. Then we found ourselves uh, moving even to now, to where we are. And Lord, we just want to deal with in the book of Ephesians, those of us who are on the other side of Calvary, those who recognize that there were sinners, we recognized that we were sinners who couldn't save ourselves, and your big plan before the foundation of the world was to draw us. You did that, just that. My job, Lord, and I thank you for it, my job is to preach, teach your word. Leading God, your servant, let down racket, move out of the way. It's not a popularity uh, contest. Just sharing what's on your heart. Thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we want to start then when it comes down to uh, the word of God. We want to see the the verse there that's connected to it. We're looking at Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 32. One thing about it is that I'm not in, in a rush. And we, and what we have here, I start off with, we are family. We are chosen and called to be knowledgeable, insightful, wise, mature, skilled managers. I want to really impress that on your mind um, for the past two weeks or more. It is, and, and as I talk to, to pastors and what have you, um, I think that we need to keep things in perspective. Repeat that to me. We are family. You see, what, what Ephesians does is it takes you to how a family operates. If we are family, then God says, here are the things that should happen in a family structure. Okay. Now, there's some things we need to do some adjusting on. Um, and a matter of fact, when we say use the word, uh, when you use the word 
uh, team. We're, we're not a team, okay? We're a family. Now, let me explain real quickly, we'll go in. A team, a family, is what God creates, and it is forever. That's, that's the position. A team is how you function in a family. Got the idea? Both of them are fine, but as long as you don't mix up, when it comes down to we are family, because with family, uh, once you're in the family, once in, not out, okay? If you mess up, you're not kicked off, you know? Uh, you are once saved and locked to God's hands. Now, as a, if we think about this as a, as a family, okay? Uh, and I did a lot of research on this. And, uh, and, I, and I found, I said, well, just out of curiosity, I said, let me, I said, let me look at uh, how many times the Bible mentioned household, family, and all these other things. It was numerous, numerous. I said, okay, then let me take the elder. What about team? It was mentioned once in the Bible, once in the Old Testament. Uh, because it was function, not a position, you see. So my job as a pastor is to show you that we are family, and this is how we function as a family. And then the things we do, we get into teams to make it happen. It's not putting things down, just keeping it in perspective. See, if we keep it this way, it'll keep us all on the same page as we move forward. Okay. So I'm not in a rush to finish this message. I just want to make sure I just get you going uh, as we continue through this, uh, this series. So then with that said, let's look at the uh, passage of scripture. Um, it says this. Now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles. And this word Gentiles, the Jews use as those who are not Jews. Uh, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And the Jews refer to Gentiles as Gentile dogs. Um, it says so, so all of the, all, everyone that is not a Jew is a Gentile. If you're unsaved, you're considered as a Gentile. Okay. And it says, and so Gentile, put another word there. Sinners, what sinners do in the futility of their minds. They are darkening their understanding. This is a description of it. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. America has slipped into that hole. Let's move on. Ephesians 4.20. But that, but that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is Corrupt through deceitful desires. The next verse says, verse 23, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. Notice what it says, put off, put on. You're going to keep saying that, put off, put on, which means it's your responsibility to take it off. It's your responsibility to put it on. Possible station identification. When I was in the armed service, um, when we came in as, you know, as freshies, you know, uh, the whole thing, or recruits, new recruits, 
we came in with our uh, folk coming with their various clothes and being cool and everything else. And they said, now here's, they said, here are your issues. You ought to take off all that stuff you got there. And all, all you're from your undergarment all the way up, you're going to dress like you're in armed service. You're going to walk like it. You're going to talk like it. And if we ever catch you doing anything other than that, you're in real trouble. <laughs> See, this is what he, uh, when we look at uh, the book of Ephesians, it says, we no longer walk, or we don't carry the old clothes, uh, walk around with our old clothes, the things. And how do you know folks are stuck in their old clothes? They keep talking about yesterday. And boy, they laugh about yesterday. It's, it's not so much about yesterday that bothers me. They don't talk about today or their blessed hope for tomorrow. And so they laugh and they joke. And boy, they, they, then you remember when? Now, I, reminiscing is fine. I'm not putting that down. I'm just simply saying, don't get stuck in yesterday. And there's no life today. And so when it comes down to Ephesians here, it's saying, put off. Then it says, okay, now, I want you to put on, uh, put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Amen. We go on, thinking it through. It is essential to remember that our concept will always affect our function. Okay. I always do this for reinforcement. Repeat that to me. My concept what I think affects what I do. If you think you are a fool, guess what? <laughs> You're gonna act like a fool. <laughs> Amen. I mean that that's that's so then as a matter of fact, here's what the Bible says. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, you think that you'll never achieve anything, guess what? You will never achieve. You're stuck in your past, unproductive in the present, and you can't do anything to develop your future. How you act today have already formed your tomorrow. What will your tomorrow look like? If it looks like today, you're stuck. Please keep that in mind. Okay. All right. Um, let me go on then. Um, the essence of wisdom is the combination of knowledge, understanding, application. With wisdom properly functioning in our lives, we will produce spiritual maturity and enable us to become wise managers of the purpose, plan, provision, and individuals he will place in our lives. Let me make that emphasize that again. When it comes down to we, we talked about this review, when we talk about wisdom, it has three parts to it. The first one is knowledge. This is a mic, okay. knowledge, so you know what it is. The next thing is understanding. You understand what a mic does. <laughs> it's you speak into the mic, and other folks hear you because of how it's the setup. Okay. That's understanding. Wisdom is when you use the mic, where you use the mic, and that's and that's where when a person has all three of those, it makes you a good manager. And when it comes down to the church, God wants the church. He did not save folks to be dumb. You see, and that's why every time everything that the Lord gives us enables us to improve our thinking, 
uh, how we walk with God, how we deal with others. This is not some walk in the park. He's preparing us for eternity because we are saved on the other side of Calvary. We are saved as children of God. And so uh, this is what he's, uh, he's emphasizing. With wisdom properly functioning in our lives, we'll, we will produce spiritual maturity. We want to say, I'm grown. No, maybe you might be grown physically, but uh, when it comes down to um, spiritually, you're not grown. How do I know that? If you have a chance, uh, go to Hebrews 5. And what, he, what Hebrews 5 will do is tell you that... Um, uh, those who are still in their diapers deal with elementary stuff. And I shared with the congregation, you know what elementary stuff is? What Hebrew says, you are in your diapers if you're still talking about the resurrection. Uh, when, you, when you talk about all, all of these theological terms, so you're still in your diapers. That's what you should know. Because once you know the basics, now you can go to more technical things. That's what they do on the job. They start you off light, don't they? You should have a fundamental idea of what things are, how things are put together. And then once you understand that, then now I can give you what it all does and I expect you to do it. Okay, all right. With wisdom properly functioning in our lives, we we produce spiritual maturity, enable us to become wise managers. Now you become a manager of the purpose, plan, provision, and individuals he will place in our lives. The reason I'm using the, the book of Ephesians is, what is the first church that Jesus Christ wrote, wrote a letter to? The church of what? Ephesus. Not because they were unholy, not because there was sin in the camp. Not none of that. The Lord says, "You guys are really on target." This Don Racket with a paraphrasing. I mean, you really knocked it out of the park. But I have one thing against you. You don't love me like you used to. You remember what the word love is? A total commitment to the ultimate good of an individual. You don't love me. You see. So when a person says, I love you, they say, I'm totally committed to you where you are. I'm not going to try to make you like me. I'm committed to be where you are and help you to be all that you should be in Jesus Christ. That's love. That's love. Can you imagine what marriages would be like if you get the me out of it? I'm about to counsel a couple. We've gone over these so many times. And uh, they're coming back for uh, another dose, dose of counseling. Guess what? They forgot. You see, when you before you were saved, it's me. Then when you when you're saved and a part of God's family is we. Got the idea? Same word. Just flip the flip, flip the switch there. Okay. Same word. And so we find that with this whole idea of um, Ephesus and the book of Ephesus. And the, the letter to them is pushing them to spiritual maturity. And the whole idea of being wise and a manager, and you become a good manager of the word of God. And being a family who are good managers, you see, not just a church attendance. That's, that's not my concern. 
I want you to be a church unified, understand what, who Jesus Christ is, know what he's doing in your lives. And if you find yourself stumbling, we as a, as a family can pray for you. We're right there. Why? Because we love you. Totally sold out to your ultimate good. That's what the church is all about. You see, it's not the size of the choir. And, and praise the Lord for the size of the choir. But if you see a hundred folks in the choir stand, there's a hundred problems sitting up there. You know that, don't you? They could be shouting hallelujah and everything else. But guess what? When they come down, you got a hundred problems. And all and some of those are twilight zones. But that's life. And guess what? The Lord still loves us. And he knew it before the foundations of the world. And get this, God chose you before the foundations of the world. And if you reject him, you reject his eternal plan that he, have had, he had for you, and then you have to go to plan B. Now, you don't want to be in plan B. Plan B is banned from the love of God forever in the lake of fire, which was prepared, past tense, prepared, God is not preparing it, for the devil and his angels. Got it? Well, no, pastors warned about, um, hey man, uh, you know, uh, get to the word, get on, you know, Get the outline and everything else, and uh, suppose for Pharaoh comes along and say, uh, for Moses come along and say, "Hey Pharaoh, let my people go," you know, and, and so I want to get to the point of just letting you go, but I do want you to do this. So far, we have addressed five very important facts about God's family. Practice verse one to three, how we must live. Profile is our concept and core values based on the timeless principle of one. The provision, our meanings of accomplishing God's will. The process, verse 8 to 11, our structure for spiritual development. Purpose, verse 4, verse 12 to 16, uh, establish a core group of believers who are in sync with the will of God. Ephesians 4.16 says this, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint. I mean, every one of you count. There's no mavericks. See, you're part of the family. Do you know what happens when your toe hurts? Every bit, you, you, you have to sit down somewhere, Okay. Why? Because everybody else is laughing and joking, but your toe, nobody can see it, but your toe hurts. And if it hurts any more than that, then you, you're trying to lay down, you're trying to do something because your toe hurts. As a family, when one hurts, all of us should hurt. Okay. And so it says, joined together, held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly working properly makes the body grow so that it builds up itself in what love in the state of being totally sold out to god and being totally sold out to one another they'll know us by our love not because of our not because of a group not because of programs 
But when they step in, they say, at least I can go to that place and know that the folks are not image managing. They love me. And that I personally, I have, the Lord knows my heart. There's not one of you in this room. I, have, I don't have anyone on my list that I don't love. Because you see, I know I passed from death into life because I love the brother. Yeah. Uh, well, with that said, God's plan for his family is there is unity, the whole body. There are specific functions. Every joint is equipped to function. There is productivity. Favorable results are, are recognized. And there is perpetual growth operating from the empowerment of love. That's what it's all about. And every member, you know, uh, I, I came up in uh, what they call the, the, the old way of doing the policy, uh, Baptist church. And, uh, uh, and they were saying about uh, coming for membership and everything else. And, and then once you voted in, so what department you want to work in, you know? And, uh, you know, and if you say, if you just do like that, oh, you must be a choir member. Go on up there in that choir. And they're, and they're signing you in the choir. And he said, I'm going to be a lot. I did that because my back was itching. You, you put me in the choir. And so you put the person in the choir, and uh, and they're supposed to function there to make the church look good. Oh, no, no, no. It's always to make God look good. So wherever God place you, Whatever you're doing, God wants to develop your life, get all the mess out of your life, so that you'll be a part of the family, a functional person, a person in the family. Okay? Again, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the, on the clock, because I know, as I said, I'm not trying to finish anything here. I, I want you to understand that that's what the, uh, the Church of Ephesus is all about. They were a great church, but in all of their doing, they forgot Christ. And the Lord said, and if you don't, repent. If you don't turn around, he says, I will punch out your lights. Well, really, he, he, he another way of putting it is, you know, I will shut you down. I will put your lights out. But, you know, reading it from the hood position is I'll punch out your lights. And guess what? Ephesus didn't do it. And they lost their life. Oh, you remember what Jesus Christ says? Ye are the light of the world. And if you're the light of the world, you're not going to be putting it on a bushel. It should be on a hill. Because we are reflectors of God's glory. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Well, let's go on. The description of the family of the body of Christ. First Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 12, 18. But it is God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. You're where you are because God says, this is how you function best. So find out what your gift is. Find out where the Holy Spirit is leading you and then be the best in it and you'll be a blessing to us. But what about me? That's see, get that get out of your baby's diapers. Okay. Leave that me and my out of the picture. It's all about God. It's all about who? First Corinthians 12, 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? 
as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that no one see, but you know is indispensable to you. Those are hidden. You know, sometimes in winter time you, you you put your gloves on because you know it, it doesn't have to be the big thing. Just that little pinky might be cold. It makes your whole body cold. I better quit talking about winter. It's coming, and I'm still having flashback from last winter. Okay, uh, but the whole idea is this: is that when you uh, the the least that thing that seems to be the least is what you uh, you you take for granted. You're supposed to hear, and you don't pay any attention. I'm I'm hearing. You're supposed to see. You're supposed to guess what? Guess what happened when your hearing start going? Okay. Oh, here's here's a little test. If, if you are available for it, if you have uh, an object like this uh, envelope, um, try to pick up the envelope without your thumb. Try to write your name without your thumb. Oh, nobody. The only time I see folks with the thumb is the one who have grown up and got the thumb in their mouth. But uh, other than that, I mean, apart from that, I mean, just, just try to do something without the tongue, the thumb. You'll find you have a hard time. I, I tried that. I said, boy, I needed my thumb. And then my thumb said, I told you so. <laughs> and, and, and that's why God says, God had put each one of you to function in your place because you're precious to him and you'll be a prize to the congregation. Are you that? Are you mature enough to do that? Are you a good manager of where God has placed you? You know what a good manager does? They don't do. Not, they do not complain when a different situation. They size up the situation, uh, ascertain what needs to be done, and then begin to make plans to make it happen. God will make each one of us managers. Repeat that to me. I am a mature manager, or it could other be. Now it could be on the other side. I want to be. <laughs> okay. So, so you wouldn't be lying in the church. I want to be a mature manager. Now, how, how do you know you can spot a mature manager? Always check out their spiritual position before you deal with what they do physically. Because if their spiritual position, do you know that they have integrity? They love God? You see? They're in the future to understand and pray, and, and pray, and they love you. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Uh, okay. Believe it or not, let's go on. Um, there is yet many, yet uh, one body. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable. Let's go to the next slide. And with the next slide says, um, and of those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our un, unpresentable parts are treated 
with greater modesty, which our which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body. God has so put us together, giving greater honor to the part that lacketh. Some gives so much honor to the preacher in the pulpit than the usher at the door. And they think, wow, the preacher's going to get great rewards. You don't know that. You keep doing what you're supposed to be doing where God planted you. That's so important. Which our more responsible parts do not require. Now let's go to verse 25. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. The same care. Well, with that said, um, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Whenever God creates an entity in the body of Christ, he was given with the description and instruction for its function. You have the pastor, teacher, all of them have to be qualified. Okay. You want any uh, unqualified folks that don't know what they're talking about trying to teach others. Because when you become a teacher, it's they call it transferable concepts. You transfer what you have learned from God to them and you help them to grow. God does not want, will not tolerate ignorant folks. <laughs> Paul even wrote, I would not have you to be ignorant, brothers. Okay. Uh, God wants all of us to be knowledgeable. And being knowledgeable, you become wise. And when you become wise, you become a good manager. And when you become a good manager, folks are blessed. God is glorified in your world anyway. Okay. Well, what we'll do is, is if it's the end of review, <laughs> believe it's not just review. Uh, I'm going to just take one point. And, and then we'll we'll pick this up next week. I'm not in a rush to do this, okay? Okay, so so thinking it too. Please keep in mind that we are on the other side of Calvary. Redeemed, forgiven. Matter of fact, let's say it all together. What the person is what? Redeemed, forgiven, a new creation, a new destiny, a new hope a position as sons and daughters and joint heirs with Christ. And that's, that's, that's part of the list. The list is long, all the things that we have in Christ Jesus. Then don't you think that if we have all of that, that he wants us to function a certain way? But God will never have you to function where he have not equipped you. He'll never send you to a place and you are totally unequipped. There's some things that you're going through even uh, today and you're thinking, oh, my life is over. God says, no, I'm just taking all that mess so that when I really work with you, uh, I'll be really working with you. You'll know how to pray because I take you to all the, the mud and the people don't understand and you're not like and you're foot hurt and you've been to the doctor six times. When you come out of all of that, and then God says, are you ready? If, if you follow scripture, God knows the people that God used. 
God used um, Joseph. Oh, he had the colorful robe. It was nice, but see, tore that robe up. See, um, thrown in a pit two times, one by his brother and then the other, uh, because of his his stand before the Lord. And he was there in the pit for two years. All of this, but but guess what? He kept standing on the promises of God through the rejection of his family, the mistreatment of his uh, masters. Uh, wife, two years in, in prison. His whole life seemed upside down, but God was really turning it up, right, right side up and shaping it to be the second to Pharaoh wearing his ring. Nobody just walk in and wear it, put on a Pharaoh's ring. God is taking you through some things today. And some things that you've been troubled with and battling with, and no, and folks are giving their opinions, not facts. Well, um, so forgiven, you are a new creation, new destiny, a new hope, a new position as sons and daughters. Amen. Let's move to the next one. There's there's a call and plan for our priorities, focus and lifestyle. It is living in a way. That will make God look good. So the first thing is we must stay within God's ordained parameters. It will go there and we'll wrap it up. It says this. There are four things Paul shared with his readers. 4.17. The who. And I'll just put them in a little, a little cap there. The who, the what, the why, the what. Here you go. First, the who. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Had a flashback of when, uh, when I was growing up. They had, who me, sir? Yes, you, sir. Not I, sir. Then who, sir? No, no, no. Take a number. Okay. okay. Well, this, that's, what, that's what's happening in Ephesians. Ephesians says, it's you. It's who? You. You're the one. God says, I expect this. I don't care what the world, the rest of the world is doing. When it's all boils down, it's going to have to be you and me. And then 418. The why. The why is they are darkened in their understanding, alienated or shut off, cut off from the life of God, which means they don't have any hope because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Don't blame it on God. That was your choice to do it. Amen. Mature followers of Christ are able to control their thoughts. Let's go to the next one. The what? They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. With the internet now in play, you know, guys used to go to uh, some place and look into magazines. It's a billion dollar business now. And they're affecting even our children. And they're, and they become callous and sensual, greedy, Practice every kind of impurity. 
Oh, we should use that word greedy. No wonder they, the, 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 uh, the lottery is up to uh, $1.4 billion or something like that. And the person saying, it's me. And the, what God had blessed them with, they're going to they're gonna take what God had blessed them with so they can get a billion dollars. If God can't, you can't trust you with the five cents that he gave you, what makes you think you're going to get a billion dollars and, uh, and go on with life? You are not mature. You don't have the knowledge. You don't have the understanding, you see, uh, and you don't have the wisdom to handle it. And so here are these individuals the same way. They're greedy to practice every kind of impurity. The how, Ephesians 4.20. But that is not the way you learn Christ. It's that point. I'll flip that uh, one more time. We'll pick this up next week. We'll pick this up next week. So when we talk about the how, it says, you have not learned Christ this way. Um, that's not how a family of God operates. When you walk with the Lord, you know what the Lord says? He says, rejoice in the Lord, what? Always. Again, I say, rejoice. Okay. And something in purpose, for what? No, rejoice because of with what? With what is that you have the Lord? With what you have access to the throne of grace? With what, what God has worked everything out for your good? Rejoice in the Lord always. He said, I, he said, I expect that of you. The world can't do it. The condition of our world right now, financially, uh, uh, socially, economically, or whatever the case may be, every area you see here, um, you see an planet, planet fall apart, drought, you name it. And know what the Lord says? Do not fear. I have under, uh, uh, overcome the world. He says, do not I got this. I want you to repeat that to me. I got this. One more time. I got this. When somebody's driving crazy around you and uh, and you, 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 there's a tendency to you know, just take your hands and say, I got this. You, you'll be surprised the number of accidents you'll go around because you don't have to prove anything. Because of who you are. And God expected of you. Well. You've been very patient. And. Uh, I promise you the review will not be as long. <laughs> we, we'll get to these points. But I do want you to understand that as a family. As a family. You see. God says I expect you to be knowledgeable. Have understanding. Be wise. And be a good manager. And then where I have placed you in the family will be your best place to be effective in wherever God puts you. Uh, I trust that you do this, Dad. As we close in prayer, um, there might be one under the sound of my voice that uh, do not know Christ as their Savior. If that's the case, we're not putting you down 
we're trying to draw you in so we can get you on the other side of Calvary. If we can ever get you on the other side of Calvary, there's a new hope, new direction, a new future. As you bow in prayer, Father God, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what it had to say to us. As we walk through Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Lord, I, I, I pray that you will lead and guide us to keep our minds stayed on you. And to bloom where we are planted. You have a reason for being for us being in this place, in this world, at this time, with all the turmoil. But you have told us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not our strategy. And that after doing everything, we are just to stand. Thank you for that. But if there's one that do not know Christ, help them realize that God's love is, has been displayed through Jesus Christ who died on the cross of Calvary. There is nothing else that needs to be done here. If you believe that he died for your sin, that you admit your sin, I can't save myself. And you can. Then trust in Christ, the fact that he died for your sins. And say, Lord Jesus, will you make me yours? I believe that you are the son of God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.